0: Let me just go straight into the word. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for the privilege we have of being able to come together to study and fellowship around your word. I make it known this morning that I'm not trusting or depending on my limited knowledge, understanding, and abilities, but I'm trusting on you, Holy Spirit. You have been given to me by the Father as a helper. So I ask you that you help me this morning, help me preach the word of God, teach the word of God with understanding and clarity that he who hears the word may be able to run with it and apply it in their lives. I thank you for supernatural recall of the scriptures. And I believe your word will flow accurately with power and authority, unhindered and distracted by any demonic force in this morning's service, and we'll be careful to give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that will be revealed and accomplished through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. amen. All right, turn to two people and say, I'm ready to receive the word of God. Praise God. All right. Uh, we're still continuing with our topic. Before I get into the word, um, after the service, we have another wedding happening. Um, so... Um, um, we have some people exchanging vows. So if you are interested, you are welcome to stay behind and, and witness what happens. But it's not a must. This is happening after the church. Amen? And let me warn you, there's no food. All right? They're just exchanging vows. After that, they go wherever they prepare to go with their family. Um... So we are just here to be witnesses of the miracle that will be taking place. And after that, uh, that's it. Amen, family? Praise God. All right. Now, we've been busy with this topic, working in the Spirit. And um, I, I want to just touch a few things that we spoke about two weeks ago because last week I was not here. Um, uh, we looked at the scripture, Romans 8, verse 14. Um, I don't know if you are able to put it on the screens. I don't see people there by their sound desk. Are there people there? Are we working there? Where is Pastor Paul? Manana is there by the corner, not even behind a computer. What's happening? All right. Okay. Uh, Romans 8, verse 14. The Bible says... Uh, those, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? They are the sons of God. Say, um, sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You know, so what does it mean if I'm not led by the Spirit of God? Am I a son of God? Uh, does it mean if I'm not led by the Spirit of God, I'm not the son of God? Uh, it, is, it means that, all right, it means that. So, please also remember that sonship is not a gender thing. All right? It's not a gender thing. So, when the Bible says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, he's not talking about his male children. He's not saying my male children are led by the Spirit of God. Because sonship sonship is not a gender thing, but sonship is a position of maturity when you are mature in the Lord you are a son of God when you are not mature in the Lord you are a child of God we are all children of God but we are not all sons of God because sons of God are different from children of God sons of God are led by the spirit of God being led means they allow the Spirit of God to be the one that leads them and controls them and, and makes the decisions in their lives. Amen? So let's say it together. Let's say, sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 um, Corinthians 3, is this the one? 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3, I don't think that's the one I'm looking for still doing a recap from last week 13 1 Corinthians 13:11 1 Corinthians 13:11 All right Paul says when I was a child I spoke as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things. So in other words, Paul is saying when I became a man, I no longer spoke as a child, I no longer understood as a child, and I no longer thought as a child. Can you see that? So he's basically saying when I, I was a child, I, under, I, I did not understand mature things. I did not understand... The deep things of the word. I was not uh, mature in the things of the word. Amen. And in Isaiah 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 verse 6. We're still doing a bit of a recap from last week, right? We'll kick off with today's message. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us... A son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, it will be called Counselor, his name will be called Mighty God, his name will be also called Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, his name will be called all these things, whose name, the child or the son? The son. Why not the child? Because the child is not mature yet to carry such responsibility. Amen? That's why the child was born, but the son was given as a gift to you and I as a sacrifice For our sins. The son is the one that died on the cross for us. Not the child. Now God had to wait for the child. To mature into sonship. And when he became mature into sonship. Then he was ready for all this responsibility. Now there are things that God is waiting for you and I. To grow into sonship before he can talk to us about, before he can entrust us with those things. And until we become mature sons in the Lord, then we cut ourselves off of God's best, or or we may say God's deeper things. There are things in God that he will not release to us until we grow to a level of sonship, until we become Mature. The same way as, as a parent, there are certain things that you will not allow your children to do until they grow to a certain level. It will be irresponsible of a parent to give their child a car to drive if they do not have a driving license. If they are not of the age that permits them to drive. But children, they want to learn how to drive. My daughter told me the other day, she says, Dad, when are you going to teach me how to drive? And she was 13 at the time. Uh, The desire to drive is there. But the maturity, probably not yet. And the age that is permitted for her to drive, not yet. But she wants to drive. So even in the kingdom, there are things that we want as children of God. But God says, you're not ready for these things. And God says, you need to mature a little bit. You need to grow a little bit. Are we together? Because God is not the kind of parent that will release things to us when we are not ready for. Praise God. Are we talking together here? Uh, I'm not enjoying this mic at all. Apparently, my lapel is broken. So, I need to use this that preachers use. This is for preachers. This is not for teachers. Amen? I like my hands all over the place. And, you know, when I I emphasize, I want to go like this. But now I have to hold this thing. Lord, have mercy. All right. If you want to buy me a a Christmas present, buy me a lapel mic. Hallelujah. All right, let's kick off today's teaching. Romans 8. Romans 8. I think we did touch Romans 8 last week as well, but let's start our teaching from there. Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to look at verse 5. What's our topic? Our topic is living by the Spirit. Say living by the Spirit. All right, look at Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on the things of the spirit. Now, what does it mean, those who live according to the flesh? This is now referring to the five senses, right? Those who live according to the five senses. Now, let's name the five senses is What you see, what you hear, what you smell, taste, feel, what's the fifth one? Did we say five? Okay, okay. So the five senses is what you see, hear, smell, taste, touch. Touch, you can say feel, right? Feel, okay. So I don't like touch, I like feel. Alright. Those are the five senses. Alright. Now, the Bible says those who live according to the five senses. Now, this word flesh is referring to the five senses. They set their minds on the things of the five senses. But those who live according to the spirit, meaning they don't live according to the five senses. They set their minds according to the spirit. So God don't want us to live according to only what we hear, what we see, what we taste, what we feel. God don't want us to live according to that. God don't want us to be led by those things. God don't want those things to decide for us what and what not to do. God don't want us following those things. He don't want us following the five senses. Because things are not always as they seem to be. And things are not always as you hear them to be. And things are not always as you feel them to be. So God says you cannot put your trust in your life based on things... That are not truth. They are not truth. Because I can communicate with you and you can misunderstand me. And if you go do what you think I'm saying, yet it's not what I'm saying, then you are being led by a lie. You can do what you feel like doing. But if your feelings are not in line with the word of God, then your feelings will lead you astray. They will lead you away from the word of God. So God says, don't live your life according to these things. Don't base your life according to these things. But he says, live according to the spirit. Live according to who? The spirit. Remember, he says the sons of God are led by the and then he goes on to verse 6. And then he says in verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. To be what? Carnally minded is death. We spoke about carnality. What would we say carnality is? Who wants to Help us. What is to be carnal? There is a natural man and there is a carnal man and there is a spirit man, right? A natural man is a man who is without God. They don't know God. They live life as if God does not exist. And not because they want to, but because they don't know any better. So you can't really blame a carnal man. That's why God has to raise laborers because the harvest is plenty. People are without God. Alright. It disturbs me when people walk away when the word is preached because I know the devil is robbing them. I think next time we should lock the doors when the when preaching happens, amen? Or we put some locks on the chairs so that when the word starts, it locks you on your chair. Because even my wife, she walked away. I was like, where is she going? I almost stopped her. I'm like, hey, but yeah, I want to have a nice lunch today. It's a Sunday, you know? Praise God. To be carnally minded is that. So we speak speaking about the natural man, a man without the spirit of God. A man without the life of God. A man without God. That is a natural man. He's just natural. Then the word talks about the carnal man. Now the carnal man is the man with the spirit of God, but they live their life like the natural man. You getting it? The natural man is a born again man, spirit filled man who refuses to submit to the word of God. Natural man is a man that prays, man that's always in church, the man that reads the Bible, but they are controlled by their feelings, they are controlled by anger and emotions, they are controlled by money and people, they are controlled by circumstances and situations, they are controlled by things, not the word of God, that is a carnal man. He knows better, but he refuses to do better. And then we talk about the spirit man. Now, the spirit man is a man who does not only have the life of God in him, but he lives according to the word of God. He lives according to what God says. He will go against his feelings to obey the word of God. He will go, even if the word of God makes him uncomfortable or unpopular, he will stick to the word of God. Stick to the word of God. Praise God. Are we getting it? So what kind of man do you want to be? Do you want to be the natural man? Do you want to be the carnal man? Do you want to be the spiritual man? You want to be the spirit man? It's not easy to be the spirit man. And people don't like spirit men. And when I say men, I don't mean male. The Bible says there is neither male nor female. All right. People don't like spirit people. They criticize them. They think they say things about them. You think you are better. No, no. They don't like it. Young people, eh? You are too spiritual. Mm? But you are so heavenly-minded. You are of no earthly good. <laughs> when you are a spirit person. Is it okay for me to ask where my wife and your wife went because they just sneaked out of the word of God? Huh? They went to the back. To fetch the back. They went to fetch the bride. Tell them not now. It's time for the word. Tell them to come back. They must fetch the bride after the word. The, by the word is more important than the bride because the word makes the bride. Tell them to come back. How? Their bread must wait. They must wait now. All right. Where are we? You see the bread and the word now. All right. Okay. Now, it says, for to be carnally minded, to be fleshy minded is death. Now, when the Bible talks about death, it means two things. Sometimes it's referring to the death that we know where if you die, we bury you. God forbid, don't die. I still need you. Jesus still needs you. Amen? We need to build this church. We need to spread the gospel in this community. Amen? So don't die. Say, I will not die. But I will live to declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? Now, now the Bible, when it talks about death, it, it talks about one, dying and being buried. Number two. Death means separation from God who is life. So you may be alive but separated from life. Then you are alive yet walking in death. Are you with me? God is life. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except by me. Hello? Hello? He says, I'm the life. So if we live our lives apart from Jesus, we're living our lives apart from life. So we are walking in death. Are we together? Say, I'm not walking in death. So he says, to be spiritually minded is death, which means separation from God. To be, I mean, sorry, to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded, to be led by the flesh, to be led by the five senses, to be led by your emotions is separation from God. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Go to verse 7. It goes on deeper. It goes on deeper. And then it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. This is getting more interesting, right? The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. This word subject, we can translate it to the word obedient. The carnal mind is not obedient to the law of God. The carnal mind is an enemy of God. When we are fleshly minded, the Bible says we are enemies of God. Amen? Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. I saw Pastor Sunday. Where is he? Where is your wife? Coming from where? From the car. Tell her the word has been preached. She must get in the church. I feel like I'm going to leave the mic here. Go out and bring everybody that's that side. Guys, when it's time for the word, everybody must be seated. No up and down. Everybody must be seated in the church because this is what you came for. All the musicians, all the ushers, all the all the whatever you do, I don't care how important you think it is, sit in the church and listen to the word. As my wife walks to the front to sit in the presence of God. I said everything for you, not for her. Everything except her. She can do as she pleases. Amen. Praise God. Now, the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject or it is not obedient to the law of God nor indeed can be. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. So then, those who are in the flesh, they do what? They do what? This is Deepo. I-, I thought it's only faith that if you let faith, you can't please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6, right? But without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he also says if you are in the flesh, you can't please God. God is not pleased when we are in the flesh. Woo! So even when it comes to Dealing with people. Give me Ephesians 6, 12. We we know it very well. Even when it comes to relating with people and dealing with people, God don't want us to be in the flesh. Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not fight against or war against flesh and blood. Meaning people. Alright? But we wrestle. We war against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What are these things? What are principalities? What are powers? What are rulers of the darkness? What of this age? What are spiritual hosts of wickedness? What are heavenly places? What are these things? These are different levels of demonic powers. In fact, it names them according to order, but from the bottom, going up. So, it is actually spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. It is rulers of the darkness of this age. It is powers, and then it is principalities. Principalities are the lowest level of demonic powers. Are you with me? the strongest from the bottom to the low, to the to the weakest depending on your spiritual level that will determine what is released against you are you with me what will be released against you determines on your level of spirituality or let me say it this way: your level of your obedience to the word of God. Now, where is the scripture that says you will not be tempted beyond what you are able to, to bear." Where is that? First Corinthians 13, 10, 10, 13. or 13, 10. 10, 13. 13,. 10, 10, First Corinthians 10:13. Keep this in mind, keep this in mind, um, what I just said. Now, l- look at what it says here. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. What does that mean? There's nothing that you're facing that has never been faced by someone else before. So your challenges are not unique. They are not special. They are not a big deal. Someone somewhere has been through what you're complaining about. If you knew what I'm going through, you will not say what you're saying. I may not know what you're going through, but I know someone has been through what you're going through. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow God will not allow you to be tempted above the level in which you are able to handle the temptation. So when temptation comes against you, God has, he, he has weighed it, measured it, and, he, and determined that no, this one, this one, uh, the de- devil, you can go ahead. M- my child can handle this. <laughs> she, she can have this is, this is not, nothing compared to what I've deposited in them. And if God looks at the temptation and he feels that this temptation is beyond the child, the devil, God says, Devil, no, 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 no not, not this one. They, they, they are not yet there, they are not yet at that level to be tempted there. So, everything, whatever that defeats you, is something that you have it in you to conquer. You can conquer temptations of the flesh, thoughts of the flesh, emotions of the flesh, reasons of the flesh. You can conquer them, but you're just not willing. Because it's coming your way because God has determined that you have it in you to overcome it. Now this gives me comfort because when I face challenges... During COVID, we faced a challenge where we almost lost this building because the income that was coming was very, very less compared to what we are used to because of COVID. A lot of people's jobs got affected. A lot of people, you know, they did not, they did not know what's going on. So they, maybe they decided, let me, let me keep my money in case, you know, let me save what I have. So the contributions and the tithes that are coming to the church were not... Enough, and we could not afford our rent in this place. So I ran to my father's house, my spiritual father. I said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm in trouble. I mean, they told me that is home. So what do I know about home? Home is where help is. Hello? Home is where peace of mind is, supposed to be. Home is where I can depend on. So I'm like, actually, Lela, I ran home, dead. I'm in a mess. COVID has come. So what I was actually saying, I I don't think I have it in me to deal with COVID. You taught me faith, but you never told me COVID will come. So we are running low of rent. So please help me out. And they say, no, we're not helping you. We taught you enough. like, "Uh uh-uh. They refused to help me. I was so mad. How, pastor? You remember? Yes, I was. I was a pastor that was angry because he did not get financial help. I was so upset. I almost even left my father. (laughs) Because on top of that, there were other things. So when this one came, ah, born. Exploded. But God knew that I had it in me. He knew that I had the faith that will deliver me from this demon called COVID. I did not know, but he knew. So by the grace of God, we went through COVID and we came out on the other side of COVID and we're still here. And we're still here. Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise. So, when we face challenges, we allow challenges to intimidate us because we are looking at challenges. We are in the flesh. But it's only when we get into the Word of God and we get into the presence of God that we realize that, listen, I'm bigger than these things. Elijah was surrounded by enemies and he had his protégé with him Elisha and Elisha saw the enemies that were surrounding him and his master and he got a fright and he said master, master can't you see the enemies that are against us. But he was looking with the eye of the flesh. And his master, Elijah, made a prayer and said, Father, open this young man's eyes. I mean, his eyes were open. But Elijah prays that his eyes may be open. Yet they were open. So it looks like Elijah was talking about a different kind of eyes. Hello. Say there are different kind of eyes. So, after he prayed the prayer, the Bible says the young man's eyes were open. And when his eyes opened, he saw chariots around them and around their enemies. And the Bible says that he saw that those that were for them were bigger than those that were against them. He did not see that before until his eyes were open. After his eyes were open, some of you guys, you don't see how great you are because you are blind. Some of you guys, you allow people's opinions about you to be what determines who you are. They told you you are not good enough and you believe you are not good enough because you are blind and you are deaf. They told you that you can never amount to anything and you believe that. That's why when people gossip about you, it messes you up because you are in the flesh. When you are in the spirit, you are not moved by people that are in the flesh. When you are in the spirit, opinions of the flesh don't affect you. In fact, just like Jesus when he was being crucified, because he was in the spirit and those that were were crucifying him were in the flesh, and even though they were causing him pain, he was still able to say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do, because they were doing things in the flesh, yet he was in the spirit. When people behave and talk and act according to the flesh, it should not move you if you are in the spirit. In fact, you won't even blame them. Because they are just doing what they know. But you should know better. People won't stop gossiping about you, so stop getting bothered by it. Stop getting bothered by gossip because it won't stop. Change your attitude and start welcoming gossip. Start welcoming criticism. Don't don't accept it. Welcome it. That's why you can't treat people better than they deserve because you treat them according to what they deserve because you are just like them. All right. Give me 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians one eighteen. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Now those who are perishing are those that are in the flesh. The message of the cross of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Those who are perishing are those that are natural. Those that are without God and those that are carnal. Listen, the carnal man and the natural man, they have the same destiny. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, who is us? Come on, say, us who are of the spirit. The message of the cross is the power of God. This that we're talking about, the Bible calls it the power of God. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 25, verse 25. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, or you can say wiser than the flesh, okay, and the weakness of God is stronger than the flesh or stronger than man. What you consider to be weak in God, God says it is, let the weak say I am. Let the blind say, I can. <laughs> Woo! And then he goes on. Continue. Verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, according to the flesh, not many noble, according to the flesh, are called. Not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise are called. Uh Uh-uh. Those are not the ones that are called. Continue. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world now. The foolish things of the world. What the world considers foolish. God has chosen what the world considers foolish. Now, when The Bible talks about world. What does this word mean? Because we are also in this world. The Bible says we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Are with me? We are in this world, but we don't come from this world. We are in this world, but we don't think like this world. We are in this world, but we don't function like this world. We are in this world, but we do not see like this world. We are in this world, but we do not behave like this world. We are in this world, but we do not talk like this world. Because we are from another planet. We are citizens of heaven. God ambassadors. Right here in South Africa, we have an ambassador of the United States. Am I right? We have an ambassador of other countries. And even in other countries, there are ambassadors of other countries. And there's an ambassador of South Africa in another country. Now, an ambassador of America living in South Africa, he is in South Africa, but he's not affected by things that affect South Africans. Yet he's in South Africa. He is in South Africa, but he does not live according to the economy of South Africa. If we are facing a recession in South Africa, the ambassador of America is not affected because this economy in America is OK. So his mindset is different from South African's mindset, yet he is among South Africans. He lives large while we are struggling because he's living under a different economy. Hello? So, as citizens of heaven, we don't complain when there's time to give because where we come from, giving is a lifestyle. Hello? As citizens of heaven, praying in tongues is not weird to us, but the world, they think we are stupid and foolish when we pray. To the world, there is foolishness, but to us citizens of heaven, it's our heavenly language. It's a language in which we use where we come from. As citizens of heaven, we, we, we give God the 10% because when we give God the 10%, we are partnering with God in his vision. But to the world, we are crazy and we are mad by giving 10% to the church because the world, when they see money, is all they can live out of. When we see money, we see a seed that will produce a harvest that we live out of. We don't function like the world. That's why, even when we see things on social media criticizing the church and the word of God, we are not moved. If you are moved by those things and you are influenced by those things, shame on you. Shame on you. You are confused. You don't know who you are. We are not moved by things that we see on social media. In fact, we see a need for our arrival. When we see what they say on social media, we see a need of increasing the pressure, increasing the momentum. We are ambassadors of Christ, citizens of heaven. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, greater works. God is depending on us to bring about a change that he so desires. Without us, God is limited. Without us, God does not have many hands and many feet and many, many mouths to preach the gospel, to love the brokenhearted, to go to those that are broken and that are suffering. God is depending on our feet. He's depending on our hands. He's depending on our mouth. He's depending on our resources, our monies and our cars and everything And houses, let's use them to impact the kingdom of God. Don't worship things. God has given you those things so that you can be an effective member of his kingdom. I'm not done. But I'm trying so much to keep up to. uh, I'm working on a new discipline, you see. I'm working on your new discipline. Um, but it was getting better where I was going. There are people that need to get married. So let me come. Pause myself. We'll continue next week. This word is going deeper and deeper. Don't miss next week. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. um, Am I done with this scripture? But how (laughs) do you (laughs) know? But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Continue. And the base things of the world And the things which are despised or people that are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not Why? To bring to nothing the things that are Okay, okay, what is this talking about? Go back, go back. I'm closing. God has chosen the foolish things of the world To put to shame the wise. It's it's like the the wise according to the world standard. They're educated. They're intellectuals. The scientists, you name them. The PhDs and the doctors. Is there anything wrong with having those things? No, 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 no. Go study and have those things. But don't rely on them. Don't make them your master. Don't, 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 Don't rely on them. Don't build your confidence on them. Don't build your reputation on them. Don't expect to be respected because of them. Use those things to serve God effectively. Let your confidence come from God and His Word and His presence. Not on the things that you possess. Life does not consist of the things that you possess. The Bible says. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. So the mighty, they come and they look at what they regard as weak. And God chooses what the world regard as weak. God chooses what the mighty regard as weak. And he uses the weak according to the mighty That when the mighty looks at what God has used, they become shameful. Continue. To put to shame. And the base things, the bottom things, according to the world. And the base things of the world, and the things which are despised by the world, God has chosen those. And, and, And I didn't get there. There's a story that I will talk about next week. God sent a man of God to go choose for him a king in the house of Jesse. And Jesse had sons. But there was this little shepherd boy who was looking after the sheep. So when, 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 when Samuel arrived, and he said, Jesse, bring your sons to me so that I may um, anoint the one that God has chosen. The father brought to Samuel Is it Samuel? Samuel, right? The, bro- the father brought to Samuel the sons that looked good to him. Their physique was good. The Bible says some of them were handsome. Hello? Some of them, they were you know, they could talk well. They hung couldn't that? And he started with the first one, and the Lord says, uh-uh, not this one. Second one, uh-uh. How many were they? Seven, eight? There were seven? Six. He went through all of them, and the Bible says God rejected all of them. And not only according to the Father did they look good, also according to the men of God, they look good. Say, pastors can miss it. Even according to the father, according to the man of God, they look proper. They look like the big, they look good. So the man of God was also confused. There are times where I ask God, they look good. They sound good. They walk good. They smell good. But they're not good. But they are not good. And then the man of God said, Jesse, do you have more sons? <laughs> Are these all your sons? Is there any other one? Then his response will tell you exactly what he thinks about his last son. He said, yeah, there's this small one. He's there out there in the field looking after sheep. He says, bring him because we will not proceed until he's here. So they waited for him. They waited for the week. They waited for the base. They waited for... The foolish thing. They waited for the foolish thing. Say, they will wait for me, yo. They will wait. (laughs) I am coming. I am coming. They will wait for me. They disregarded me. They questioned my anointing. They said, I'm no nothing. They said, I've been divorced before. They said I can never run the church. But I am coming! I am coming! They will wait! They will wait! They will wait! I am coming! Woo! They will wait for me. They said you are broke. They said you will never get married again. Malulak. Huh? Look at you now. Got black and white. They thought they knew. But they did not know. Let me let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I'm closing. And the best things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing. You see those things, that is challenging. These things that are chilling themselves. These things that are telling themselves, God will bring them to nothing. To bring to nothing the things that are. Continue. Why? Why would God do that? Why? Tell me. Tell me why. Tell me louder. I can't hear you. No flesh must boast. I get we are boasting with what they have. What they possess. We are boasting with what he gave us. With what he made us. So God says, I will turn things around so that no flesh will boast in my presence amen family come on let's give god the praise we only boast about his presence we boast about his power we boast about his grace because we can do all things through christ who gives us the ability we have the mind of Christ we are more than conquerors he says who ever is against you no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper